0: Welcome to The Carter Report and thanks for joining us. Our topic today is a Christian view of human sexuality. What does the Bible have to say about sex? What does it say about marriage, divorce, adultery? And is homosexuality a valid alternative lifestyle? Our topic today a Christian view of sex. The Carter Report investigates the mysteries of the past as it seeks to interpret amazing predictions concerning our future. John Carter, scholar, writer, and traveler, invites you to join him as he unlocks mankind's most valuable treasure. Now tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about a christian view of sex what the bible has to say about sex and marriage and premarital sex and extramarital relationships divorce and homosexuality and what we're going to say tonight is not going to be the teaching of any church we're not going to say what one church says we are going to give it to you right out of the book And we want you to turn right to the Book of Beginnings. Would you please turn in the Scriptures to Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 down to 28, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 down to 28. Now is there anybody out there tonight who needs a Bible? Would you please raise your hand, anybody? So ladies, if you move around in the audience because there's a lot of people here again tonight and we're spread out a little. Genesis 1 verse 26 and onwards, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Tell me friend, in whose image was man made? We were made in the very image of God. Doesn't that do something for you? Man, my friend, was not made in the image of the beasts. Did you notice this? It doesn't say that man was made in the image of the beasts. The Bible says that we were made in the very image of God. And even though we are fallen sons of God, nevertheless, my friend, we are still sons of God made in the very image of God Almighty. That's terrific. Now please, notice what it goes on to say. God said, let us make man in our image, in the image of God, according to our likeness, not according to the likeness of a monkey. Then it says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, And over every creeping thing that creeps on the ground, the Bible says man was made to have dominion over the earth. God made man to be the master of the earth. And then it says, verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them and God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth did you notice this when God made the human race God made them, the Bible says, male and female. And God said to them, this is what the Bible says. A lot of Christians, my friend, have got this wrong, but the Holy Scripture says that God said, be fruitful and multiply. Did you hear that? And so it was God himself who invented sex. Can I say this? It is what the Bible says. I was listening to a documentary and there was a preacher talking on the documentary. And they said to this man, this great theologian, what is the doctrine of original sin? And he said, the original sin was sex. If that is so, if the theologian, my friend, is right, then God is the author of sin. But the Bible says that God made them male and female. God said, fill the earth. God, the Bible says, invented sex. Notice Genesis 2, verse 21 to 25. Have you got that there? Notice it. Genesis chapter 2 now it says verse 21 and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and so he goes to sleep and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man he made into a woman and he brought her to the man and Adam said this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Now here it is, the great text, the Bible says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother. Don't stay with your parents when you get married. Did you hear that? There's not enough room in one kitchen for two women. It is true, isn't it? And the young couple who got married today, leave your father and your mother. Shift in with us if nobody else will have you. (laughs) Don't stay with your father and your mother. Absolutely fatal. Verse 24, you know it's true. Yeah, all the ladies are agreeing with me and the men are laughing. (laughs) They don't have to share the kitchen. Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. The Bible says, ladies and gentlemen, right in the very beginning that God said a man was to marry a woman. The Bible nowhere says, and please don't be shocked at this statement because this is raised in some circles, not here I know. The Bible doesn't say a man ought to go off with a man. The Bible doesn't say a woman ought to go off with a woman. You know what I'm talking about? The Bible says a man is married to a woman and then the Bible says they leave, you see, they leave firstly, leave their mama and papa. And then they go along to the minister and the minister back in the Garden of Eden was God himself then the bible says they become one flesh and if i were to tell you what the hebrew language means it it is talking about a physical sexual relationship i'm going to talk tonight on some of the perversions of sex one of the perversions of sex came from the church This idea that marriage is basically something which is wrong, that was not taught in the Bible. It was taught by the church, and the church was wrong, and the church has been wrong as many times as it has been right. Did you know that? It is true. But the Word of God has never, never been wrong. The word of God is true my friend. It is the churches and I don't say this disparagingly because I belong to the church. But the church has often twisted scripture and twisted people with their erroneous interpretations, but you don't read about it in the Bible in the word of God. You hear me? It's true. So, point number one tonight and this is absolutely solid sound theology god invented marriage and god the bible says invented sex now i want you to come over now to page 1117, 1117, 1117, 1117, one 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 seven triple one seven first corinthians chapter seven and verses one down to five. First corinthians chapter seven This is a text we don't normally read out loud. Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Now what is Paul talking about? He is simply saying if a person doesn't want to get married, that's fine. That's good. There is no compulsion to get married, he's saying. Nevertheless, Paul says, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband and it doesn't say wives or husbands you see one is enough the bible says now verse 3 says let the husband render to his wife the affection due her and likewise also the wife to her husband the wife does not have authority over her own body but the husband does and likewise the husband does not have authority over his own body or his check account but the wife does. That is the John Carter Revised Standard Version. But I tell you it's got a lot of authority. Now verse 5 says, Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self control. Now the Apostle Paul you know people have said about the Apostle Paul that Paul was opposed to marriage and Paul was opposed to sex. That is not so. The Bible teaches and I'm telling it to you my friend not from what my church says I'm telling it to you from what the Bible says. The Bible says that God invented sex and sex at the right time and the right place is good and proper and Christian and godly. That's the teaching of the Bible. On a subject like this, I don't get any amens. Everybody is too scared to say anything. <laughs> Every you see, who'd want to clap when I made a statement like that? If if anybody I was going to say if if some poor individual clapped by himself, everybody would look around and say what's kinky about him? (laughs) You see? All right. do we have to televise this tonight? Can't I get out of this one tonight? Does this have to go on record? Now, the Bible tells me. Now, I'm going to deal with a problem that the Pope has talked about But I may give a different idea to it than what the Pope has said. Because I have a different authority. Listen, God invented sex for two reasons. Number one, for reproduction. We all know that. But not only reproduction. God invented sex as the supreme expression of love between a man and a woman in the context of marriage. And if that is so, there is nothing wrong with birth control. Now people have said to me, is birth... I've had so many people around the world and, and in countries like the Philippines, and they've come to me uh, with tremendous burdens because there are women with, with ten kids. And they've said to me, we have been taught that it's wrong to practice birth control. I do not find one text in the Bible to support that idea. And I personally, my friend, have a lot of of sympathy. And my heart goes out to those people in some of those countries where women are simply the continual bearers of unwanted children. And that is where you see, look, You go down south of the border and what do you see? You see women who have simply become things. I do not believe that is in the plan of God Almighty. Thank you ladies. Let me take it a little further. And this is not meant to hurt anybody's opinion. You can disagree with me on this, but there is one point where you can't disagree. Nowhere can you find me any text in the Bible that condemns responsible parenthood. There's no text there. God, my friend, has made it very, very plain in the Scriptures. And God invented sex. And He invented it, my friend, not just for one reason. God invented it for two reasons. Number one, for children. Number two, as an expression of love and everybody when he is being honest with himself will be forced to accept that conclusion now like every good thing that God has done you listening to me like every good thing that God has done like every good gift that God has given to the human race sex has been twisted sex has been perverted and there are two extremes and we're going to talk now about the two extremes are you ready for this is this a little too strong tonight you wait till you hear me on the mark of the beast you'll look back upon this meeting you'll say wasn't it tame <laughs> now please come with me to 1 corinthians chapter 6 verse 19. the bible says do you not know that your body is what A temple of whom? Of the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, as it says in the Old Translations. Of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The Bible says, listen to me, listen, this is important. The Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. My friend, this body is not some loathsome thing. This body is the indwelling. This body is the place for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. This body is a tabernacle. This body is God's cathedral, you see. Now listen back in the middle ages the church didn't think so back in the middle ages the church taught the body was something bad something corrupt and they said a man could attain to a higher spiritual status if he did not marry and that is why the clergy became celibate you see because they thought a man could not be righteous if he were married, particularly if he had teenagers. (laughs) And in this they had a point. In fact, you know, now being serious, it's very, very hard for a minister to empathize with people and counsel people unless he is married with kids. And when you've got kids of your own, you don't criticize other people with kids. You know why? You're too concerned about your own kids that they may be criticizing them. You see? That's one reason why Peter was married. You say to me, was Peter married? Yes, Peter was married. The Blessed Virgin Mary was married. Did you know that? The Bible says, now I don't want to offend anybody, please don't be offended. If I say this to you, the last thing I want to do is to hurt anybody's faith. Now, you may get some shocks in these meetings. All I want you to do is not to follow my teaching, but to follow the teaching of the Bible. You see? I've got the right to say to you, do what the Bible says. I've got no right to say to you, do what the church says. Or do what John Carter says, but I can say to you, do what God says. That is my duty. Now the Bible tells me, the Bible tells me, you're a great audience, you really are, best audience you'd find anywhere. Now the Bible tells me that Mary remained a virgin until after Jesus was born. You know the story how Jesus was born of a virgin. Jesus, the Bible says, had no earthly father. But Jesus was born in a very special way. And the Bible tells me she was, he was born of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I believe in the doctrine of the Blessed Virgin Mary. But this Bible tells me, and I can show it to you, that Mary did not stay a virgin. Did you know that? The Bible says that Mary did not stay a virgin. The Bible says that Joseph did not have marriage relations with her until after Jesus was born. That's what the Bible says. That's not what I say. You may say to me, that's not what my church teaches and I don't like it. I don't like then what your church teaches because it is not what the Bible teaches. And my friend, if my church teaches, and I'm talking to John Carter, if my church teaches ideas that are not found in the Bible, the sooner I give up those ideas, the better, and the sooner I follow the Bible. That is good, solid, biblical theology. Now you know I'm not using any notes and I'm just saying what comes into my head and that's always dangerous but let me say this we ought to take this stand in these meetings we are to say it doesn't matter what I have believed in the past the only thing that really matters is what the Bible says. And if the Bible says it, God give me the courage, God give me the grace, God give me the strength to put aside my own ideas and to follow Jesus Christ in His Word. Don't you think? Yes? And that's what we're going to do in these meetings. God help us. So, the church taught that the body basically was wrong. Let me tell you where they got it from. They did not get it from Saint Paul. They did not get it from Jesus. They certainly didn't get it from Peter. They did not get it from any of the apostles in the Bible. Do you know where they got it from? They got this idea from the Greek philosophers. Now the Greek philosophers taught that basically the body was an evil thing. It was a shell. And the only thing that counted was the soul that was inside it. But they said the body is bad. And the body needs to be put down, put down, put down, put down. And everything about the body is basically evil. That's what the Greeks taught. The Greek philosophers, men like Socrates and Plato, all taught this idea. This idea passed into the Christian church. And friend, it got into the great state church that ruled the world. And this gave birth to monasticism and celibacy and the idea that sex is basically bad and it has come down through the churches and many people have believed this idea not because it is taught in the Word of God but because they got it from the Greeks. There was a very interesting character by the name of Simon Stylites. Ever heard of him? With a name like that you'd have to be a little odd. Simon Stylites he was a great christian he was a great monk he climbed up on a pole for 40 years and stayed on the top of a pole for 40 years people my friend would pass up little baskets of food because he'd got away from the bad people down in the world and he was up on the pole up the pole talking to god Everybody would go out to see Simon Stylites and they would come out and they would make a pilgrimage to him because they thought he was the most righteous man in the world. Simon Stylites, sitting up a pole, up the pole, because the body was bad. Can you believe it? It's true. Thousands did the same thing. On one occasion, When the vermin became so strong and the maggots got into his flesh, they started to eat his flesh. He hadn't had a bath for 40 years except when it rained. And where he was living in Syria, it rained only once about 100 years. It is just as well he was 40 feet up. Don't you think? just as well he was 40 feet up but when the maggots started to eat his flesh he took the maggots out and held them up to his eye and said what God hath given thee to eat eat you see the body was bad the body was to be destroyed and therefore this gave birth to the dual concept of a body and a soul and the soul was the only thing that was worthwhile and the body was basically bad and therefore marriage was bad and sex was bad and lots and lots of people in America and in Europe and Australia have been brought up with the notion that sex is somehow intrinsically evil and there may be some of you folks sitting out here tonight who've always had that idea and you thought that sex is a thing that when you talk about it you talk about it under the table not around the table because it is basically a dirty subject that my friend is not the teaching of the bible that is the teaching of misguided religious fanatics